Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash anxiety slayer with thousands of titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with Ananga Severe, and we come together weekly on Skype to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and love answering listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. We like to mix up a potent blend of storytelling, yoga, guided relaxations, EFT tapping, Ayurveda, along with our many, many years of personal experience. And we have an extensive library of digital offerings, including our most popular Quick Anxiety Stopper, EFT for Anxiety, and our brand new Anxiety Slayer Academy. Today, we're going to be discussing four lies anxiety likes to tell. And I'm glad that we're bringing this forward because these are so prevalent. My daughter and I were just talking about one of these lies yesterday, and I'm glad we're going to go through and really put some light on each one. Yeah, anxiety is very sneaky in the way it affects our internal dialogue. It can really cause so much disturbance in the mind. And I think one of the problems with anxiety is that it's so exhausting that our energy gets low and our mental resistance gets low, and then we take these lies seriously when anxiety whispers things in our ear. We're so tired and so caught up in trying to cope day by day that we listen more than we should. The one that always comes up for me, and I know that it's come up for you as well, is there is something wrong with you. What's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. I've started to really work with that over the years, and so it's not as uh, top of mind now, but it, it will still pop up. And sitting with that and breathing through it and, and realizing that, no, that's, that's anxiety trying to loop me into feeling low. Yeah, it tries to catch your attention. And once anxiety's got your attention, then it's got a whole stack of what it believes to be evidence for its lies to hurl you away. And then we go into real deep mental suffering. So there's something wrong with you, common thoughts. Am I going crazy? Am I getting sick? Really negative thoughts that can cause a lot of concern for us and whatever our specific fears are the mind really knows how to whisper them in our ear one thing that really helps with that is something that susan jeffers talks about in feel the fear and do it anyway is to write down i can handle it and she says put that on a card and have it in front of you wherever you are what if there's something wrong with you i'll handle it also get specific with the fear Sometimes we get scared and we try and hurry on to something else. But if you really listen to it and question it, really? What if there's something wrong with me? What exactly are you saying to me here? What's your exact point? And you get to the specifics and then your handling skills start to come to the surface and you bring up evidence to the contrary. Actually, I'm okay because I did this today. I did this yesterday. I'm going to go and do this right now. Find reasons to support you being okay, evidence for you being okay. The other thing that comes up often is that you will always feel this way. So that when you're feeling constricted or small or afraid or you're 
heart is racing or in whatever symptoms that you may have, that it's just never going to change and that you will always feel that way. Negative thought states, they love a generalization. I will always feel like this. Nobody ever always feels anything. We're constantly changing and we're constantly in a situation where we can bring about change. It's really interesting if we look at our internal dialogue. I was with somebody the other day that got out of a car and the handle broke on their grocery bag and the groceries fell out. And when I became ill, I realized that I hadn't got the energy to raise my voice or get exasperated with things. And I just about had the energy to bend down and pick the things up. It was inconvenient. If I got emotionally involved, then that was more energy gone. Uh And uh, this person clearly had some energy to spare because it was, oh, a big shouting, (laughs) some swearing. And then it was, all the groceries have gone all over the yard. Just to use this as a working example, you get specific with that. What had gone three feet away, it wasn't all over the yard, three feet away, it was a packet of corn a box of cereal and a newspaper. So, you know, a bag broke. Three things fell out the bag by your feet. Lucky for you, you can bend and pick them up. But it was a whole thing because that person at that time was in a stressed out mental state, which I've also had. I know what they're like. My mind can really do them. But that experience I had with illness was a bit of training for me in having to change that to conserve energy, which has served me well. I've learned a few good lessons from that. So, You will always feel this way. Always is a big generalization. So it's helpful to look at the last time you felt okay and the time before that that you felt okay and give them credit, give them validity in your life. You could sketch them. You could think about them. You could talk about them. You could just sit and be with the times you were okay and then think about generating a time in the next few minutes when you can be okay. How can you support yourself to start feeling better? This is really one of anxiety's favorite tricks to freeze us in bad feelings and minimize our happier moments. So it helps to get specific with the bad stuff and appreciate and be with, be mindful and be present in the happier stuff. And I think that both for ourselves and for those that we love who may be suffering, to redirect and to change the uh, environment or the conversation or I've noticed this with my teenage daughter that if she's really feeling that everything will always be this way as the dramatic part of a, of a teen comes through and you think about everything that they're experiencing and how they're evolving and it's, uh, it's sometimes a, a tricky path but when we redirect when we change the environment, when we say, I understand that you feel that way right now, you know, what would make you feel better? Or I have an idea. Why don't we take a walk down to the lake or whatever it might be? It's amazing how quickly you can change. You can really help yourself and that other person by mixing things up a bit. Yeah, I think that's a really valid point you raised there and, and to move and to look at your body language. This is a stuck state we're talking about. So anything that helps unstick, as you said, a walk to the lake, moving really helps. When we feel like this, we tend to be constricted in our physiology. Our shoulders are hunched. We're looking down. Even if you just take a deep breath and just make yourself throw your head up and back 
and open your shoulders. You change your body posture and it gives your mind a chance to redirect. And going for a walk, simplest thing, sometimes we have to literally make ourselves do it. There's a part of us that says, go for a walk, and a bigger part of us that says, no, I'm stuck, I'm like this. And if we can just hear the, the higher self that just says, take a shower, go for a walk, put some music on, call a friend, redirect, as you said, that is the escape point out of that stuck state. We've covered two lies that anxiety likes to tell, and when we come back, we'll cover the next two. Ananga and I enjoy listening to audiobooks when we travel or when we just want to relax and listen to a story instead of reading. And for listeners of the Anxiety Slayer podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Some of the book titles Ananga and I have enjoyed listening to include Radical Self-Acceptance by Tara Brock and Rising Strong by Brene Brown. Brene is one of our favorite, actually. We would <laughs> recommend just about any one of her books. You can download your pick or any other audiobook free by trying Audible. To download your free audiobook today, all you need to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash anxiety slayer. That's audibletrial.com forward slash anxiety slayer for your free audiobook. Before the break, we were talking about the first two lies that anxiety likes to tell us. The next lie is that nothing works. And I really can fall into this one, <laughs> especially with technology or, you know, something that I, if I've got myself all worked up, uh, the nothing works piece comes up quite a bit. And I'm also talking about nothing works and how we care for ourselves. So if, if I'm really fired up or over the top, I feel like EFT isn't working, breathing isn't working. I'm just in that space of uh, being really stubborn. Does that ever happen to you, Ananga? This is another stuck state, isn't it? And another generalization, these lies are all quite generalistically negative, you know, nothing works. And again, questioning helps. And asking ourselves, when did I last do something that did help me? When did I last do something that helped me feel better? And we really have to give ourselves a break here and look for something that did. Because there will be something. There's always a way of getting through things. And, and this lie from anxiety likes to try and wipe them away. I find looking at the success stories of others with a curious and open mind really helps. See what helps others. Be open to receiving help yourself. Keep trying, keep looking. It's the opposite to the stuck state is to be curious if you can bring some curiosity in. And sometimes if we're really stuck, okay, I'm going to give it a try, even if I don't think it's going to work, just to give us that crack in the window to let some fresh air into our thinking and have a go. And what really helps is to make a commitment to try one thing a day for a couple of weeks. Just give it a go. One thing that's helped me with that is to use a streaks calendar or an app, one of these things where you don't break the chain so you can get a page in your journal and every day you try something, you put a tick or a smiley face. But the idea is to fill in as many of those squares consecutively as you can without breaking the chain. And you can also get smartphone apps for that as well, where every day you try a breathing technique, try a guided relaxation, do some EFT tapping, tick it off. Give yourself a week of not breaking the chain and be willing to just be curious. Give it a go 
seeing how you feel at the end of the week, and it will be different. I love that so much because that practice and curiosity is really what is going to open the door for you to feel better, to suffer less, and to just say, maybe that didn't work today, but I'll try it again tomorrow. I'll keep practicing. And then I'll find my go-to practice. And this is a a conversation I was having with a friend a, a while ago, is that he kept trying to do EFT tapping. And he just felt like he wasn't getting any results. And so we, we talked about it and, and walked through it. And what was happening is he was just doing maybe three or four rounds and then figuring something would change versus just really staying with it and staying with it and staying with it and staying with it until he felt a little bit more relief. So I think in today's microwave culture where we expect things to uh, improve quickly, Sometimes they don't. Sometimes we do need to stay with it longer. And so if you are tapping and you're not finding relief, stick with it a little bit longer. And if tapping doesn't feel like it's the right answer for you, then listen to a guided relaxation or work on the long exhale. Five minutes a day even makes a difference. It makes a big difference. It makes a difference in the change in invoking something helpful and establishing that as part of your self-care routine. And it makes the difference of the technique getting into your system habitually, bringing in good habits, good practice, which over time is going to calm your nervous system, which in turn will calm your internal dialogue. We can't stop thinking. We can't stop having thoughts. As long as there's breath in our body, we're going to think. Sometimes people think that when you practice meditation, you're not supposed to think about anything. I wish that was possible, but it's not. (laughs) But when you look at meditation, we're told again and again that our thoughts are connected. The rate of our thoughts is connected to the rate of our breath. There's direct connection. So when you slow and calm your breathing, you slow and calm your thoughts. And in that pause time, you have a chance to think about having better thoughts and to be more detached from the unwelcome thoughts. And one thing, again, that really helps with that is labeling. When thoughts come your way that you don't like, just label them. Thoughts, just thoughts, Mm. negative Mm -hmm. thoughts, unwelcome thoughts. They're not my truth. They're just thoughts. Great reminder. The very last lie that anxiety likes to tell us is that you are losing your mind. And you might hear yourself say, I'm going crazy, or I must be losing my mind, or, you know, all of these statements that are, are simply not true. But repeated enough, this could be your go-to lie. And Ananga, you've helped me over the years. I like to say something like, I think I'm going crazy. (laughs) And, And I giggle about it because I never caught it before. And you helped me see it. You helped me see that that was a go-to phrase when I was feeling a little stressed or when I was feeling like, uh, there were cobwebs in my head. But the fact is, I wasn't losing my mind. And our listeners, if this is your go-to phrase or feeling, you're not losing yours either. You might be a little unbalanced or disturbed, but you can support yourself. I know that I've been able to support myself when I'm feeling that way. What are some of the things that you can do, Ananga, when you feel like you're losing your mind? 
The thing that really helped me with this was being educated by the teachings in the Vedas, which is where Ayurveda comes from. The text that really helped me with anxiety was the Bhagavad Gita. The Bhagavad Gita teaches again and again that you're not your body. We're not this body and we're not our mind. And that was a big revelation for me because our mind is our thinking apparatus. We get all caught up in it and we think it's us. But it's not us, it's our thinking tool. And above our mind is our intelligence. And when that penny finally dropped for me, that I could observe my mind with my intelligence and I could direct my mind, my mind started to behave completely differently towards me. So that really, really helped me. So, you know, we can say I'm suffering with my mind. My mind's Uh giving me a really tough time today. But when you talk like that, there's an understanding within that language that you are the possessor of a mind. It's not, I'm going crazy, I'm losing it. It's, my mind is giving me a hard time today. My thinking equipment is rattled. It's suffering and it's really unpleasant, but it isn't me. There's so much more to me than the mind. I have a mind, but I'm not my mind. That for me just changed everything. And then I was able to start looking at ways of calming my mind and controlling my mind. So you can say, you know, my mind's giving me a really tough time today. It's disturbed. How can I support it? How can I calm it down? You can talk to it. I'm not listening to you right now. You're having a bad day. You can say what you like over there, but I'm not climbing in. Right. You're not me. You're not my truth. This is very difficult. I'm just going to try and think of ways I can get clear and get calm so we can work with our mind to support it and calm it down. And that can be sitting and breathing, EFT tapping, or even just meditating on this detached awareness of these thoughts, not my truth. If you can get where you feel them in your body and sit and breathe with them and release them, we talk about that in our course in the Anxiety Slayer Academy, how to calm your fragile mind. We also talk about it in our EFT tapping course, how to find where the mind is causing disturbance in our body and how to get specific and release it and how to feel more calm. And you can find out more about that at anxietyslayer.com forward slash support. I'm glad that we covered the four lies that anxiety likes to tell today. All very good points. And by working with each one, by knowing how to support yourself in each area, you will find so much comfort and so much relief. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Anxiety Slayer. If you liked today's episode, the biggest compliment you can give us is to rate and review our podcast at iTunes and come back again for our next episode. Anxiety Slayer has been offering a free podcast for more than six years. Now we want to help you go deeper by providing step-by-step support on getting the best experience from our favorite tools and techniques for overcoming anxiety. Are you ready to take action against your anxiety? Enroll in the Anxiety Slayer Academy now, and you can get started today. Visit anxietyslayer.com forward slash support.